Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our service of choral evensong on this, the second Sunday before Lent. It's wonderful that you can join us for this act of worship. Beloved, we are come together in the presence of Almighty God and of the whole company of heaven to offer unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ our worship and praise and thanksgiving to make confession of our sins, to pray as well for others as for ourselves, that we may know more truly the greatness of God's love and show forth in our lives the fruits of his grace, and to ask on behalf of all men such things as their well-being doth require. Wherefore, let us kneel now and humbly confess our sins to Almighty God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, Have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou them, O God, which confess their faults. Restore thou them that are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind. In Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. 
May the almighty and merciful Lord grant unto you pardon and remission of all your sins, time for amendment of life, and the grace and comfort of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The Old Testament lesson is written in the book Genesis, chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven, and the evening and the morning were the second day. And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together unto one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw that it was good, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and to rule over the day and over the night, and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. And God created great whales, and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb-bearing seed, which is upon the face of all the earth, and every tree, in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, wherein there is life, I have given every green herb for meat. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made.
and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The New Testament lesson is written in the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 6, beginning at the 25th verse. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This is the word of the Lord.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the living God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. Aren't children wonderful? There is something gloriously and disarmingly straightforward about the way in which young children see and interpret the world around them, which can be as illuminating as it is startling, and which, as some of us know to our cost, can be particularly alarming when visitors are present. A famous Oxford professor, notorious for his radical views, once had occasion to call at the house of a college chaplain whose opinions differed significantly from his own. The front door was opened to him by the chaplain's young daughter. On being asked by the esteemed professor whether her father was at home, the young girl shouted over his shoulder in the full hearing of everyone within the vicinity, Daddy, it's that silly man. A child will often give voice to the thoughts that adults fully share with them, but which a grown-up would never dream of expressing aloud, because children can be completely unafraid to tell it how it is. The reason being that, in their approach to reality, children carry far less baggage than we do. They are as yet untrammeled by adult conventions about politeness, about what you do and do not say out loud, about who it's wise not to offend. In the same way, it's only over time that a child learns how to be overtly, overtly deceitful. And sometimes there are situations in which only a child can see the obvious as well as state the obvious. That is, of course, the whole point of the famous folktale of the Emperor's New Clothes. It takes a child to state what everyone else is thinking, but is too afraid to point out for fear of looking foolish. That the Emperor really is wearing nothing at all. He is as naked as the day he was born. That is why we would do well to take children seriously, because sometimes we can learn important things from them. We do not always know more than they do, or know better than they do, however much we tend to assume that we do. Sometimes it is we who are in the wrong. I still feel mortified about an incident that happened when my own younger daughter was still very small and we were on holiday in Cornwall. She made a terrible fuss when she was put into her car seat complaining that she had been bitten by an ant. In typical adult fashion, I was very robust and dismissive with her and told her off for making such a ridiculous fuss. It was only when we arrived at our destination that I discovered that there had, in fact, been a wasp in the bo bottom of her car seat, which had stung her really quite badly, and she had been in a considerable amount of pain and distress during that journey. And all these days later, all these, sorry, all these years later, I still feel dreadful about that incident. We do well to listen to children and to take them seriously. Sometimes they have a better idea than we do of what is really going on. And the same is also true, interestingly enough, in relation to the things of God. Most of us tend to assume that religious belief is something that is really for grown-ups. Yes, we may certainly be prepared to introduce children to a faith tradition at a young age. After all, that's why we baptise children. But churches often behave as if the aim of having children in church is simply to hold on to them for long enough to acquire, for them to acquire a proper faith when they're old enough. Whereas, if anything, Jesus taught us that the precise opposite is the case. It's only when we learn from them, it's only when we learn to become as little children are, that we can enter the kingdom of heaven. It's only when we learn to see the world and to experience God a little more like they do that we get closer to the truth. And one of the most striking of those lessons is encompassed in our New Testament reading this evening. 
the famous teaching of Jesus about the lilies of the field. Children do not need to be taught to live in the present, not to worry about tomorrow, because they naturally live in the present. And that is a gift that most adults have completely lost because we are so obsessed with what might happen. I'm not on the whole a huge fan of the poetry of Wordsworth. I'm afraid all those daffodils really don't do it for me. But I do remain very haunted by some lines from his poem, Intimations of Immortality, in which he reverses all of our normal assumptions about the relationship between growing up and our closeness to God. Instead of religious awareness being really an adult thing that we have to acquire over time, the opposite is the case, he says. When we are born, we come from God, trailing clouds of glory. In fact, it's through the process of birth and growing up that we start to lose all of that. He wrote this. Our birth is but a sleep and a forgetting. The soul that rises with us, our life's star, hath elsewhere its setting and cometh from afar. Not in entire forgetfulness and not in utter nakedness, but trailing clouds of glory do we come from God, who is our home. Heaven lies about us in our infancy. So if that is the case, the challenge for us as adults is how to rediscover that sense of glory. That awareness of the God who truly is our home. A sense that comes so much more naturally to children. We must learn to suspend our disbelief and open our hearts and minds and ears and eyes to hear God's call to us, to feel his love for us. And to learn to live in the presence, setting aside our fears for what tomorrow might hold because sufficient unto the day are the troubles that are already around us. Amen.
Let us pray. Holy God, you make the places we encounter you sacred. As we belong to your Christ, so may your church build on his firm foundations. Build us as living temples for your praise and glory. We pray today for the Episcopal Church in Jerusalem and the Middle East, and for Michael Lewis, Primate and Bishop in Cyprus and the Gulf, for the Westminster St Margaret Deanery, and for Philip Chester, Area Dean, for the Deanery Synod and its staff. And we ask for your blessing on the leaders of all your holy churches, and especially on Justin and Stephen, our Archbishops, Sarah, our Bishop, Alison, our Rector. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, you challenge your people with a justice based on righteousness, not fear. Give us courage to uphold the rights and worth of all. Incline our hearts to your truth. We pray for our Queen and for our government and the leaders of the nations. We pray for peace. And we ask for your blessing on journalists around the world and especially those in places of danger. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, in trials and joys, your love reaches out to us. You never leave us or forsake us, even when we feel alone and in darkness. Let your light shine with hope and strength. We pray especially for your blessing on all those in our parish community, in the city and around the world, who are in need at this time. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. Holy God, you hold us in life and in death. Remember for good those whose earthly life is over. Remember before you all the recently departed and those whose years mine comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. In your righteousness, preserve us and keep us. Lord, in thy mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, for the sake, sake of thy Son, Son our, our Saviour Savior, Jesus, Christ. Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.
The peace of God, which passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. <laughs>